Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. dedicated to Henry Foreman. In the year of the final Hello, Jetlag, my old friend. How are you doing? Welcome to Agitators Anonymous, Tuesday, the 29th of November. I'm Alan Averill, and this is today's heavy metal miscellany. Although I've been using that word, and perhaps I haven't really looked up what it means. And apparently a miscellany is a group or collection of different items, a mixture. Doesn't really sound very heavy metal, does it really? I must admit I used it in the context that I thought it had some dark and evil religious connotation, but apparently not. So a mixture of things it is on Tuesday, the 29th of November. Tuesday's podcast, of course, is a little bit more lighthearted, a little bit more easygoing, all that kind of stuff. I got something coming up that's pretty interesting for Friday. I think it's going to be um, a podcast looking at the um, ancient apocalypse series that's on Netflix and some of the things that have been written about it, why it's so popular. And I'm trying to coerce a friend of mine who is an archaeologist who disagrees with a lot of the things that Graham Hancock has said to come on the podcast and lay out a few of his opinions. That coercion shall continue China style over the next couple of days. Wow, China still pursuing 0% COVID, huh? Protesters taken to the streets. Remember when our politicians were kind of lining up to pursue 0% COVID as well. And lots of people, they could be sitting beside you. They could be in the same building as you. They could be over over the breakfast table right there who were supporting them in their efforts to place half of us in camps. Oh, yes. Not looking so rosy now, is it? Well, I shall be turning those screws on my friend and trying to get him to come on the podcast of course, of course. I jest, I jest. And one of the reasons I'm sort of jesting a bit, of course, is um, I have one friend who uh, keeps me up to speed with the people on various forums who are gossiping about me or complaining about me or bitching about me or calling me 
this name and that name and the other. There aren't many. Um, and, you know, I, every now and again, I come across somebody in real life who will ask me about something that I've said. And I'll say, well, you know, there are 135 episodes of the podcast. Um, you don't really have to go through hearsay, whether, uh, you know, to accuse me of X thing or Y thing or whatever you want. Most of my opinions about most of the things are there. And if you can be bothered to go and listen and trawl through them, you might find something you disagree with it or agree with. But what I often find with many of the people who um, are on forums, for example, bitching about um, the likes of me, I think they had some band of dastardly, a sort of dirty dozen or rather a dirty half dozen of people that they had from bands who should be uh, who should be given some Chinese style heavy metal unpersoning for mostly speaking out, um, I suppose, with a sceptical or I would say rational voice or, um, you know, uh, I've said it many times in the podcast that scepticism is the only rational perspective on everything. Um, and that includes the machinations of um, state, of technocracy, of big pharma, of all those things. And I stand, as the podcast always has done, I suppose I have to reiterate it now and again, for free speech in its absolutist terms. Now, that's, of course, not a perfect ideal. I'm perfectly aware of that. Um, but the uh, alternative to that is authoritarian measures of censorship. And that's something I'm going to talk about this Friday um, concerning some of the articles that have been written about the ancient apocalypse series. But, you know, my friend uh, poked me in the ribs and sent me a few um, a few choice uh, posts on some forums. Um, and, you know, you have to laugh because I often find that most of the people who um, claim to want diversity don't really want diversity of opinion. And since when did heavy metal become so um, conformist, you know? So conformist, where speaking out against the state, the machinations of the state, speaking out, let's say, trying to hold power to account, um, to say, well, I have some suspicions about the motives of the state and the governance and politicians and the 1% and um, the technocratic uh, global banking elite or whatever you want to say. We all grew up listening to um, bands or musicians from the 70s and the 80s and the 90s, you know, speaking out against the war, speaking out against politicians and their motives, speaking out against, um, the, you know, the authoritarian measures of any state anywhere. And now how many people lined up to, um, to want to enforce them? Quite incredible that people want diversity, well, so-called, but not diversity of opinion. And certainly they don't want you to um, question the motives of the state. It seems quite strange to me to see how many people in the heavy metal scene um, hold such uh, fundamentally conformist opinions, or at the very least um, uphold the measures of authoritarianism expressed by state or by technocratic institutions or undemocratic, unelected um, elites, and without really seem to, seeming to realize that that's what they're um, standing for. Or at the very least, they don't want to accept that the truth, of course, resides in the grey area. And by being sceptical of uh, these motives, um, you know, you should be able to open up a debate about these things. Instead, people seem to act in a hyper um, bipartisan binary way. You're either good or you're evil. And they're only interested in, um, in that. And, of course, you cannot debate evil. Anyway, what the hell am I talking about? 
Who knows? But I'm going to get into some interesting things on Friday. The world has gone insane. Um, but I have to say that um, I don't read um, criticism, really. Um, it's a long time ago that I got rid of my Twitter. I don't engage in any of the Twitter arguments. A long, long time since I engaged in arguing, um, you know, in public on social media platforms. At least six, seven, eight, nine years. Um, I don't have a Facebook feed. I don't have any of those things. I just don't read any criticism. I don't read reviews of primordial shows. I don't read reviews of primordial albums. It's a, it's appreciated when we get good reviews. And thankfully, that's something that we've mostly done. But um, I don't read forums. I don't engage in the, you know, the sort of tittle-tattle of the chattering classes, not to sound like a Victorian dad. But it's just not worth it. It's not worth your energy trying to debate or argue with people on public forums. Every now and again, I slip just like an alcoholic walking by the bottle shop and um, I go in and, you know, grab a nag and a whiskey and drink it in the park at two in the afternoon. And I will post a sort of vaguely mean-spirited comment on something. But then, you know, common sense gets the better of me. And I go, well, what's the purpose of that? Um, but I really think that these are part of the things that are um, the sort of narcissistic, selfish impulses of modern social media that seem to think that you have the right to um, dictate whether somebody should have the right to. For, you know, as I said, something like free speech or not. But, as I said, Tuesday's Metal Miscellany is a sort of, well, it was supposed to be a sort of light-hearted mixture, but, you know, maybe I just happened to read a few jabs in the ribs from some random people earlier on that made me chortle, and it sort of got me thinking, well, goddamn, really, isn't it easy to be anonymous on a forum and just, you know, talk shit about people? However, why am I so jet-lagged, you ask? Well... You can hear it in my voice, I'm sure. I've got a bit of the Barry White thing going on. But um, Primordial played at Messe de Mort Festival in Montreal, um, Quebec, in Canada, at the weekend, which was great. Really, really great. It's quite a while. It's strange, actually. It's been quite a while since the band went that far, as in, you know, transatlantic or to another continent um, with some heavy flights. Of course, we've been to South America, you know, we've been to Russia, we've been to Australia and stuff. But um, it's been a while since, um, I suppose, four or five years, you know, when you take in the two and a half years that, you know, gone went with the pandemic and we hadn't played maybe somewhere that far for four or five years. And those four or five years in your age, I found, make a big difference. I keep talking about age. Well, they do make a big difference in your ability to just shrug off the jet lag. Um, because it certainly came for me and came for all of us and kind of kicked our ass. And I'm still feeling uh, the worth of it or the power of it. You know, you go over, um, you play, you sort of, you're nodding your head and wanting to go sleep at 10 or 11 p.m. And now you're up till all hours. But certainly an amazing festival. It's in an old church in downtown Montreal. Um, really incredible. If you follow me on Instagram, Nemthiango underscore Promoter, you'll see I posted a few pictures of it, but really an absolutely amazing venue. Um, and really, every now and again, you need a little shot in the arm of heavy metal adrenaline, which goes, oh yeah, that's the reason why um, you end up having to run in the length of an entire airport drenched in sweat because your connecting flight sits on the tarmac for an extra hour, hour and a half, and you just make your connecting flight to get there, and then you lose your baggage, and then in an act of utter stupidity, almost lose your voice. Yes, indeed. I went out having a few drinks with an old friend 
a night or two before the gig and then woke up the next day barely able to speak. The recycled air in the hotel uh, had got to me and, you know, walking from one bar to another and talking, 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 blah, 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 blah. Have a drink, warm place, cold place, dry air, snow, etc. Yeah. Ain't good for the Irish pipes, which are used to wet and damp and sodden, um, rain-soaked um, atmosphere. So old Averill had to sit in, sitting in the hotel on his own, watching reruns of the US office and wait for the gig the next day. Swell. Sorry to ruin the mystique of the whole event for you. I'm sure you had envisaged that Promoria would be, you know, midget hookers and coke and all sorts of stuff and all hanging out in the sauna together. But it was not to be an early night in before the gig. And this was one of the few gigs where we actually got to come down really early to sound check and look through all of the equipment and all that kind of stuff. And it really puts you in good stead. And usually um, non-jet lagged, we wouldn't be quite, we wouldn't be up quite so early. But that's just the way it goes with jet lag. So overall, pretty, um, pretty amazing event and really, really enthusiastic reaction from people, um, which I think that maybe after the last gig that we played um, at the uh, Hamburg heavy Halloween, you can feel a difference between what's happening in Montreal and what's happening in a city like Hamburg. Um, by all accounts, as I said before, you're probably listening to this, maybe in Germany or maybe in Canada, but Canada's gigs are booming. Um, somebody just told me that, you know, Cannibal Dark Funeral Immolation just had almost two and a half thousand people in Montreal and people are spending money. They're coming back out after the pandemic uh, in a similar kind of way that Dublin is. Dublin is sort of booking the general European trend. I don't think we get our gas and energy from the same places as um, Central Europe, but people don't seem to be quite as frugal. Whereas on the European mainland, especially in Germany, ticket sales are pretty low. Um, France, Holland, Italy, these kind of countries, the touring um, schedule has been under quite a lot of threat for many, many bands trying to tour Europe over the next four, five, six months. I, to be honest, I wouldn't, I'm glad to not be touring um, and to see what happens next spring. Maybe things will lift a little bit. Although those pesky multinationals, you know, the ones that were making lots of money over the last couple of years, well, are they really going to lower their prices to make things a little bit more just and fair? I don't think so. I think once prices go up that high, they're just kind of going to stay there, really, aren't they? But one thing it does show you going that little bit further for um, a more a gig, you know, kind of uh, further out on the radar is that when it all happens, it has an extra special touch and you can kind of see, oh, yeah that feeling of mortality you get, which goes, oh, yes, this only happens a finite more number of times. Um, so maybe we better start trying to get to Mexico, to Colombia, back to America, um, you know, and try and get to places that we haven't been to before. And maybe, and just maybe, my dear friends in Hamburg, you'll have to wait a little bit longer. And out of nowhere, Metallica have a new song out. Oh, yes, let's talk about the new Metallica. Well, look, let's, we might as well, right? Oh, I should mention before I continue that um, I had mentioned in the um, AI Creating Art uh, podcast about Canva. Well, Canva is the kind of pretty, um, let's say, it's the kind of introductory level art installation sort of platform. And the one you want to go to is called Mid Journey. This is the very serious one. And I've already seen people starting to have... Mid-journey exhibitions online and stuff. 
um, which makes me feel a bit strange because it's really kind of like, you're, are you really an artist or are you just, you know, writing instructions? It's complicated, but mid-journey, if you want to go and check that out, um, you'll be able to see instantly, I think, um, what I mean when I talk about the redund potential redundancy of artists in the future. Um, because um, realistically, it doesn't really take, I think, um, you know, an artistic streak. It takes an instructional streak. You need to be good with language. Um, anyway, the new Metallica. Oddly enough, sounds like it could have been written by an AI bot. It's not bad. Um, it owes a great debt to Diamond Head um, and to lots of old New York British Heavy Metal. You can hear Jaguar. Um, but my God, what's with the drum sound where the bass drum is just so clicky along the snare? Can someone please mix a Metallica uh, record that remembers what a drums what drums actually sound like or maybe even um you know Metallica could write a new song and then we can put it into our AI filter which will just um you know it can just come out the other end with the drum sound from Ride the Lightning and then we can all be happy you know that could be um the potentiality that could be the future Metallica write your song and just record it on whatever um, in this horrible modern fashion with no tone or dynamics and then um, someone can literally just press a button and you can get Ride the Lightning Mix. Thank you. Now we have a guitar tone with depth and power, a proper bass end and a proper drum sound. Yes, it sounds horrible, but it's um, it's a pretty good song, actually. Pretty good song. The lyrics are a bit... Uh, James Hetfield used to be one of my favourite lyricists back in the 80s. Some especially Master of Puppets and stuff and Injustice for All. But I think um, Rehab ruined his lyric writing prose, his ability... Um, to I'm not sure what what it ruined, but it ruined something because so many of the lyrics seem to be infused with us with sort of th sort of therapy speak. It feels oddly enough like I talk about Metallica a bit too much, um, but hey, it is what it is. And you know, I kind of got a bit pissed off with people who kept on sharing. Um, they, I guess it's the nature of modern um, social media is that people want to share. Um, footage of other people, especially celebrities or especially people in bands or people like James Hetfield when they're at their fattest, ugliest, most vulnerable. Um, somebody sent me a video of a very, very fat Maradona, um, you know, doing keepy-uppies with a tennis ball. Of course, he's Maradona and he can do whatever he wants with the tennis ball. But a part, part of me was like, do we really need to see that? How about showing the goat? How about showing... These people in their prime, prime Hetfield, destroying at the Metal Hammer Festival in 1984, um, destroying on stage in 85. How about showing him in his prime as a lean, hungry machine without an ounce of fat on him? Do we really need to see these bleary, teary-eyed um, excerpts um, all the time as we're, as we're rolling over the other side of the hill and gathering pace before arriving uh, at the bottom Maybe I'm being uncharitable and it's just the age that we live in because people want the modern take. And if you're 60, this is the kind of way things are. And I have to say that um, even in the stupidity of my almost near vocal accident um, while being drunk on the streets of Montreal for the one night, the one night of indiscretion, um, does the does the quest for collecting records ever stop? Even with a broken phone and screen grabs of um, of maps, 
I set out in the snow to trudge around Montreal looking for different record shops in the hope that you might get something obscure or something interesting. And it's a strange thing because collecting and um, being obsessive over something, it just kind of never really stops. I remember once years ago being at the um, drummer of my dying bride's house and um, Aaron was just saying, oh, I'm selling all my records. I don't need them. I have CDs now. Um, and he's starting to get digital files. And he goes, I just don't, you know, it's just, as my mate Matt from Razor of Ockham used to say, it's just ballast. He goes, I like to be kind of living light so that maybe I just want to pick up my guitar bag and my, you know, my laptop and just be able to go and move to a different country. And I see that clearly now that that's, there's a lot of worth in being having a sort of light existence where you don't have um, the, you know, 1200 vinyl staring you and another six here. I can see Wishbone, Ash, Rory Gallagher, Warhorse and Dockin' Records and one of the other things I trudged around in the snow and got lost in Montreal trying to find different record stops, shops in order to bring home more vinyl. Um, just another crate to put on top of all the other crates so that. If somebody said, hey, you know what? you got to go and move to, um, let's say, Honolulu. I'd go, ah, for fuck's sake, what are we going to do with 1,200 records? What am I going to do with 1,200 records? Or be brave like Aaron back then and go, ah, what are they? What are they? Just random pieces. Not vinyl. Who cares about them, really? Although, let's be honest, the new Candlemas Epicus Dumacus box set and the Celtic Frost box set both look very, very tasty. Something about them is calling me, calling me across the waves, calling me down to the new Sentinel Records shop. Actually, if you're in Dublin, I should give it a shout out. There's a new record store in Dublin. Um, got some great old vinyl in it. It's uh, just off Temple Bar Square underneath the barbershop Sentinel Records. Um, back up and running and got some great vinyls. Yeah, but I can, I can, the pull, the tug is strong and somehow something tells me I might end up with that Epicus and Celtic Frost box by the end of the week. What can I say? My friends, normal services resumed on Friday. My jet lag brain might regret this expulse, this expurse of aural sodomy. But I just thought I would check in from the, uh, from the asylum and let you all know that I am still relatively compos mentis and on this planet for the moment. My friends, Agitators Anonymous's Tuesday miscellany is a random stream of consciousness about not very much, really. Um, and I will see you on Friday. Hold the line. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 